Hey everybody, you're listening to Royally Rumbled. This is episode 29. I'm Jordan. And I am Robert. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing great. Happy SummerSlam. We're back. Going on year three of Royally Rumbled. Yeah, this is wild. Weird, wild stuff. Wild 13. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, uh, how are you doing today? Wonderful. And I can't wait to talk all about SummerSlam with you, bud. <laughs> if you've been taken prisoner, blink twice. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. I'm bl- I, I blinked. Did you see the blinking? No, we're not. We're in two different states here, pal. Shit. Shit. We're screwed now. I don't know if people knew that. Uh, yeah, we, we don't even live near one another. Nope. I'm in Baltimore. And you're in Nipa, northeastern Pennsylvania. I don't know why you said it in like a hillbilly accent. Well, I don't know, because you're surrounded by hillbillies. <laughs> We're off the rails already. I love that our anniversary is SummerSlam. Dude, me too. SummerSlam's like the biggest party of the summer. Do they even say that anymore? I say it. I'll keep it alive, <laughs> damn it's it. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> Uh, SummerSlam 2019, taking place from the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yes. A. Yeah. So Canada gets it this year. Yeah, it'll probably stay in Toronto for a little while. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's awesome. Great, great for good for Canada. You know. <laughs> Shout out to my cousins in Canada. Uh, shit. Who do I know from Canada? Who do I know from Canada? Nobody. Uh, there was these YouTubers that I became friends with when I was like Nobody 15. Can, I have blood relatives in Canada. Thank you. And they listen to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Blood relatives in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blood relatives in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're my family, too, at this point. Right, exactly. As Stone Cold Steve Austin so eloquently put on the Raw Reunion show, we're all a family. We're all family? The... <laughs> what? <laughs> I said In we're family. In the WWE Universe, we are all family. I said so. we're family. Yeah. he uh, <laughs> His his bullet points for that promo were, we're family. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job, though. I really liked Raw Reunion. thought it was a lot of fun. What? um real quick before we get into SummerSlam shit yeah we have a new logo we do we've actually had it in our midst since like christmas (laughs) yeah before christmas but we uh we waited a little while to unveil it but it's here now and it's not going nowhere no yeah so at least for the next year you've got this royally rumbled logo so i hope you like it Shoot us a tweet or comment on one of our posts. Let us know what you think of the logo. Yeah, that's that's about it for me as far as the news and notes goes. So Don't forget to follow Pop Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> what? Our other podcast, Jordan Pop Cannon, where we discuss films and TV shows and, and video games. Pop Cannon with a K because we're special. Yeah, so go ahead and follow us at Pop Cannon. That's P-O-P k-a-n-n-o-n all right let's get into the SummerSlam 2019 match card here it is a stacked match card i don't know that they've announced anything for the kickoff show yet um but there is a noticeable absence in tag team matches be it women's or men's yeah and since the women's tag team championships were just defended on monday I don't think that they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. And it's interesting that neither the Raw nor the SmackDown tag team champions have a match on SummerSlam yet, but I have a feeling that they'll probably throw something together for the kickoff program. Probably, as they normally do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's go with the, the format that we used in the last episode where we kind of run through the card give our picks, and then we open it up to a larger discussion about what we think is going to happen at SummerSlam. Um, the very first match that I have listed here, and then we'll just run through them after we give our selections, Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. 
Goldberg. I also have a returning Goldberg. Drew Gulak, the cruiserweight champion, taking on Oni Lorcan. Gotta go Gulak here to retain. I also have Gulak retaining. Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, taking on Natalia in a submission match for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we're going to go with Becky Lynch here. Also have Becky Lynch, but I have my doubts. Um, Finn Balor versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in his in-ring re-debut. Gotta go Bray Wyatt. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, Bailey, the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, taking on Ember Moon for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. I think Bailey's going to retain here. I also have Bailey retaining. Uh, AJ Styles, the United States champion, taking on Ricochet. I'm leaning towards AJ Styles here, but I'm still not 100% sure. I've got Ricochet. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. And if Owens loses, he quits WWE. I'm going to wager that Kevin Owens is going to win. I will take that wager and agree. Trish Stratus, a returning Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Great match. Can't wait for it. Um, Think I got to go Charlotte. Absolutely Charlotte as well. Uh, The Universal Champion Brock Lesnar taking on a beaten and battered Seth Rollins. Leaning towards Rollins here, but also not 100% sure. I've got Rollins picking it up again as well. And finally, Kofi Kingston, the WWE champion, defending against the Viper, Randy Orton. Kofi Mania is still running wild, brother. Uh, Gotta go, Kofi. I agree. Interesting. We barely differ on this card. Seems pretty straightforward, so we're definitely going to be wrong about everything (laughs) (laughs) no 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 guess is as good as ours that's the thing that's our thing so let's let's talk about it a little bit let's open it up let's uh let's lead off with the first match that we talked about before uh goldberg returning to take on dolph ziggler i will i know this is the match that you're most anticipating for this show so i'm glad that we're leading off with it yeah I, Um, i hope it takes place somewhere in the middle so i could take a piss because <laughs> uh, it'll oh, take me on. longer to pee than it will for this match to happen. <laughs> I, I so I know I like obviously I know that you're not uh, interested in this at all, but I think that the way that they've built this is actually really good, and I th- and I like it, and I think it's interesting. And I'm actually kind of sold on this match, even though I know it's going to be a squash. And I know Ziggler's getting taking the pin here. I I love how they've built this slowly. I love the misdirect with Miz and HBK. Um, I like that, like because Ziggler's such a good wrestler in the ring. Obviously, his in-ring prowess is like almost unmatched. He's a great seller. Um, so I think it's one awesome that he gets to work with Goldberg in a uh, redemption match for Goldberg, so he can make up for the shit show that was super showdown um and two like it would make sense it makes sense in universe or kayfabe that ziggler would call out bad performances by guys who were quote-unquote legends right i would have rather seen dolph ziggler wrestle Shawn michaels oh, because I think that's, that's what they were kind of going for yeah that was i think that was intentional but hbk has also been steadfast in that um he collected his Saudi money and he's never doing that again because it wasn't pretty. Um, <laughs> uh, he's, he, I think he's, he's stated over and over again, like that was, that was it. And I probably shouldn't have done that. Is yeah. Basically what no, he said. No, I, I know, but it's just, it seems so weird to like insert him into this and have him be a focal point and then just be like, Oh yeah, by the way, my buddy Goldberg's coming for you. I will say I did like the misdirect, um, leading up, thinking he's wrestling the Miz, and then it switches to Sean, and then out comes Goldberg. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. However, um, 
I don't think that this match is going to be anything special. No. I think he's going to hit Ziggler with at least two spears and then a jackhammer, and then he's going to go home. Yeah, it's gonna look it's gonna look an awful lot like when he took the Universal Championship from Kevin Owens. Yeah, and that's what I don't like. But I, I think mean, I think Ziggler might squeak out of the ring or dodge one thing and kind of like shoo it off and do his thing with his hand and his hair and flick it at him, and then uh, and then Goldberg's gonna tear him up and it's gonna be over. But it's uh, it's a, it was a huge pop for Goldberg on Monday. And then a surprise, like when they played Goldberg's music on Tuesday, and then and then Ziggler parodied parodied his entrance. Uh, that was that was funny as hell to me. I like that a lot because now it's now he's like making it personal because he's making fun of him. Yeah, I don't know. It's whatever. And Goldberg's obviously gonna win. So I mean, <laughs> I just don't think that this is benefiting Ziggler in any way. No, it's not. Not at all. But it's not meant to. But I like the idea of they took they put Goldberg against Undertaker, which you know is not they're not a they're not guys that make the other guy look good and they haven't for years now, right? They need to be put against people that could make them look good. So Goldberg at least gets Ziggler who will make him look the best. Yeah. And this is all to save Goldberg's legacy. He's never gonna wrestle again after this. So that it's it's open and shut. Oh, you think that this is going to be his final match? Yes, absolutely. Against Ziggler? Yes. No way. 100%. He'll be back. Nope. He'll be back. Nope. Mark my words. Nope. nope. Write he, this he, down. Against Undertaker was going to be his last match, but he concussed himself and it was like 600 degrees at ringside or whatever. Uh, and he, he was completely gassed and, and it looked like shit. And obviously he should be embarrassed by it. And I think he is, and that's why he wants to make it right. He's gonna come in here. He's gonna look a hundred. He's gonna look a million bucks. He's gonna put Ziggler down, and he's gonna ride off into the sunset. And he's never gonna wrestle again. But does he knock himself out on the door before his entrance? <laughs> Let's predict that. I wish they could talk him into not doing that every time, <laughs> but he's not a guy that listens to anybody. So no, yeah. it's because of the concussions. Right. Because he keeps hitting his head on the door. <laughs> See, it's a it's a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he'll be back. I don't think that his last match will be against Dolph Ziggler. Um, he'll be back at WrestleMania, I'm sure. Maybe even Survivor Series. No way. Mark my words. I'll, yes, I'll mock your words when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so going from one match that I'm not interested in at all to a match that I've, I'm very much interested in is Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, the in-ring re-debut of Bray Wyatt as The Fiend uh, has money written all over it and possibly another squash match. The return of Bray Wyatt to the ring since November at the Starcade event. Uh, I'm just very excited to see this. I'm interested to see how the mask holds up in the ring. I hope his move set is kind of different. I, I hope. Yeah, he's... I was. I was thinking the same thing. I really hope that he's not just doing the exact same stuff that he did before he left. Because then, what's the point? Yeah, I want him to be more brutal. I want like a more crushing and dominant offense. I want him to be quicker. I want him to be scarier. Um, I mean, I've seen photos of him doing the back bend crab walk thing Yeah, and I want yeah. him to kind of stay away from that. Yeah, I want him to stay away from that. Wild. I want him to stay away from sister Abigail because it doesn't make sense for his finisher to be called that at least, at least change right. it, change the name of it, which I like that he's doing the mandible claw now. Yes, that was great to have that passed to him by Mick Foley on Raw Reunion. That's awesome. Like, if it were me booking this match, I would want them, I would want Bray to put Finn away very, very quickly. Like, I would not want them to be in the ring very long. I don't think that I would want Finn to get much offense in. I would want Bray to be absolutely dominant and get the pinfall and be done. So the question here is, in my mind, is 
if Finn Balor is going to show up as the demon. I don't think he's going to. But I'm saying if he does, they've got to put the fiend over the demon and he'd be the first one to beat the demon. Like what better way to get over than booking him against someone who's been booked as like this unstoppable force. Right, right. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that in order to keep the fiend uh, strong, they won't book him against the the demon at first because if you book him against the demon, that match becomes longer. You can squash Finn, but once it comes to the demon, that's a longer match. That's when Finn comes back from this break he's allegedly taking, and then you have that match. Like you said, Finn could be squashed. He needs he needs a reboot because hopefully this gives him some time off and he can recharge his batteries. He's yeah. he's been spinning wildly out of control since his loss to Lesnar at Royal Rumble, I think. Definitely. And also, I I, meant, I wanted to ask you this too because when we talked about when and if the in-ring return of Bray Wyatt happened, who it would be against and you were against it being Finn or Roman Reigns. So are you okay with this match now? I'm okay with it now because Finn doesn't have the Intercontinental title at the time he was champion. And I, I think that would have led to, Oh, well, Bray's got to win the Intercontinental title because I don't think it's important for him to win a championship right now. No, no, I think the opposite. I think they need to keep him away from the titles because that way, when he does eventually win a title, it'll mean way more. I agree. Right now, The Fiend feels above the titles. Absolutely. It's one of the best things that Raw has. Yeah. But I think they just they have to really nail this match down and play to Bray's strengths. And it needs to be like complete domination. I'm very curious to see what they do with Wyatt's entrance. Mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. and how it's going to play. I would love it if they played the theme music to the Firefly Funhouse. They hit it with that sound effect that they, they've been doing when he appears on Raw to attack somebody. The lights go out and then he just appears in the ring with that lighting and sound effect that they've been doing on his face. Rather than a traditional entrance where he has to walk down the ramp. Because that's going to really lose the luster for me. (laughs) I agree. I agree with that because it's going to humanize him a bit more. And then, once he wins, uh, you do the same thing to get him out of there. Yeah, just have him vanish. Yep. And just Finn's just sitting there holding his head like, what the hell just happened? Well, he's going to be unconscious, so. Well, yeah. Well, like that's that's how I would do that. I would have him appear in the ring and then disappear from the ring. Speaking of appearing, right? Uh, how about this cruiserweight title match uh, with Drew Gulak taking on Oni Lorkin, who's appeared on Two Hundred Five Live recently and has been tearing it up. Uh, Two Hundred Five Live in general has been tearing it up, and I know we say this like every single episode, but really, Two Hundred Five Live is putting on some of the best content on the wwe network dude absolutely and that multi-man match that oni won the number one contendership in was unbelievable bananas dude uh this this match specifically between gulak and lorkin is gonna be stiff in the best possible way they're gonna kick the shit out of each other i'm i'm really excited to see how hard-hitting it is because I enjoy when the cruiserweights don't necessarily have to fly. Like when they do mat-based wrestling for cruiserweights, I think it's really interesting. Now that's all this match is going to be, is going to be mat-based wrestling. And just a brawl. It's just going to be an all-out brawl. They're not going to do anything flashy. They're just going to hurt each other. Gulak has proven that he should be the top star in the cruiserweight division. His match with uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was phenomenal oh on 205 God. Live the other week. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Shane Strickland mark because I wrestled him once. <laughs> uh, I'm 
I'm saying that because Drew Gulak and Isaiah Swerve Scott really pulled out all the stops. That match was massively entertaining. On just like a random 205 Live. Yeah. And Oni Lorcan has been one of my favorites in NXT for a while. And his character on 205 Live just seems so like strange. But I'm like, I'm all there for it. Definitely. I like I just love his his brawling style and the his speed is really underrated. Yeah. Um I mean he's obviously he's strong and I don't think his strength is necessarily underrated, but his 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 ability to just go fast is super underrated by everybody, in my opinion. And I'm really excited to see how they put this match together with their brawling styles and the the submissions and and you know the the European uppercuts and whatnot like they're really gonna bust each other's faces. <laughs> Absolutely, but I think Gulak has got to pull out the win. I don't think Lorkin has enough momentum behind him to justify a title change. Right, not yet, but I think that they should definitely um, make this a program that goes forward after this match. I think so too. That's something that I would watch. Yeah, I would like to see Lorkin eventually win it, um, but maybe not yet. Yeah, and Gulak's just getting started as champ. His his run's been very good. I think Gulak's going to come out on top being the fact that he's a submission specialist, personally. Speaking of uh, submission-based wrestling, let's talk about the submission match for the Raw Women's Championship between Becky Lynch and Natalia. Now, so this match is very interesting. Um and I like it for a lot of reasons even in the face of or in spite of the fact that it's uh cheap pop the match. Uh, <laughs> uh because they're in Canada, Natty's got a uh a title shot and because they're in Canada, it's a submission match so Natty could use the sharpshooter. Um, but does that mean she wins? Because how, I, are, is Vince really going to uh, kill the sharpshooter twice in Canada on a pay-per-view? <laughs> well, it's not like Becky's going to lock her in it. Maybe. And then Earl Hebner's just going to call for the bell. <laughs> well, so that's the thing is like Natty's technically the heel in this. Uh, I don't think that she necessarily plays the heel very well. I no. I feel like I see right through it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think that she's very good as a heel at all. I um, mean, we both don't like Natty. No, just just at, from a character perspective, I just don't care for her at all. Um, but the thing is, is that, uh, especially in this match and where it's taking place, I think they're going to allow it to do what uh, Rock and Hulk did at WrestleMania where it's going to just change for the match. Who's re- I think and I think Becky's going to wrestle heel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Becky's kind of not necessarily been a face. Right. But I think that's why they've done that to get to here. And because Natty is just naturally kind of like not a heel. Yeah. Is that it's going to just it's going to flip for this match. And we come back on Raw, uh, I don't think that they're going to... I think they're going to go back to what they're supposed to be. But I think for this match specifically, once they get in the ring, Becky's going to be working heel. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Becky Mm -hmm. just... Becky comes off as a jerk. Yeah. And they're what they're doing is they're taking Natty and they're like, well, just be a bigger jerk. Go out and be a bigger jerk. So, like, it's not like Becky's sympathetic. No. And her promo on Raw, Natty's promo on Raw was like, oh my god. (laughs) It was rough. Uh, I mean, I'm not really invested in this match, to be completely honest. Uh, I like like that it's a gimmick match. Yes, exactly. Because this is a card that is desperate for gimmick matches. And some of these matches would be made better if they had gimmicks, but they don't. Yeah. Uh, So I'm happy that at least one of them has it. And it's probably the most important to uh it's probably one of the most important submissions to have in a submission match so yeah it's the only submission that's still alive in our uh tournament so that's true the sharp the sharpshooter is 
officially the greatest submission finisher of all time. So, you, you know, you'll have that. I'm sure the match will be good. But honestly, I can't wait until a botch happens and everyone on the internet immediately blames Natalia. <laughs> well, because Becky is infallible. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's going to be Becky's fault, but everyone's going to blame Natalia. <laughs> but then again, like it probably could be Natty's fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just that's funny. That's just a me thing. Watching the internet collectively lose their minds over Becky Lynch not being able to botch a move. She just can't do it. She's incapable of botching a move, Jordan. She's perfection. Just like on Raw when she tried to hit that weird rock bottom thing she does on Nikki Cross and she couldn't lift her. Oh, that 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 weird through the leg pump handle yep. rock bottom. Yep. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a hell of a move. The man slam is what they're calling it, I, I believe. Wow, that is disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> what a terrible name. Oh, my word. It's it's oh. definitely not going to be the best women's match on the card. I think it'll no. be the uh, least enjoyable women's match on the card. For us, but, you know, for some other people. You're the man fans. Ugh. Aren't you? You're a fan of the man. Oi, sorry my... about your ceiling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Amanda saw that commercial yesterday. and I was like, you get it? She broke the glass ceiling. <laughs> and she was like, why the fuck do you always have to try to explain shit to me like that? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not explaining it to you. That's what they just did. <laughs> so how you feel with me explaining it to you is how I feel watching that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the cover's fine. I just ugh. And then people were calling it sexist because WWE can never just put a woman on the cover. Anytime a woman's been on the cover, it's been with other people. And it's like for me it doesn't even matter who's on the cover. No. I've never given a shit. I just want to play the fucking Brock Lesnar was on the cover the other like the one year and I was just like that's cool. Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> like I don't care. So, do you think that we're getting close to the end of Natty's career? I mean, she's in great shape, um, but she's probably more beneficial to the company as somebody training people down at the PC Yeah. at this point. Not to say that she can't go in the ring, because she absolutely can't, um, but her character hasn't been interesting in a really long time. Yeah, I think so too. I think, not saying I want Natty re to retire. I just, I think she'll be most useful in in a training sort of role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she'd probably be happier doing that too. I I don't know. I think she can still go. I think she still has a couple more years left in her. Um, so I guess we'll wait and see. She could potentially win the title. She could. I mean, she's home. It's a match type that uh, suits her strengths, so it's possible. So speaking of retiring, let's talk about Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. And if Kevin Owens loses, he must quit WWE. Yeah. Um, so they're, they've just decided to transition Kevin Owens into just like new age stone cold Steve Austin uh with the stunner and his attitude and everything that he's doing which I don't hate no I don't hate it at all I think it's great you know and I, he and I think he's really good at it and I love and it's going to sound really weird but I love that he's grown out his beard and it's got the gray in it yeah and and the the haircut like everything is kind of like he looks different than he did before, along with the sleeve on his arm. Mm -hmm. um, I really like new Kevin Owens. I loved old Kevin Owens, but I love new Kevin Owens. Um, and the stunner is an interesting move for him to take. I like it, and I think it's working. And he's the perfect. He's got the perfect temperament to be that type of character. Sure, and it makes sense from his character's like 
as a transition into this new attitude. Yeah, because his whole arc has been trying to prove himself. Yeah. You know, beating Cena on his first night on the main roster and going through all of the stuff that he's gone through with Sami Zayn and then with Shane McMahon the first time around. Um, it's it, it, Everything makes sense that we've wound up here. Yeah, I would like to see a version of like wrestling isn't wrestling going through his career. Absolutely. Because I think it would be fascinating. Because as whereas Triple H is like the most well-written character in all of wrestling and like the most consistent, I think Kevin Owens is like getting there. Absolutely. Yeah, with with uh, with some more time under his belt in WWE, I think he's definitely been very consistent. And that guy on Twitter myth Myth gifts, yeah, is always posting Kevin Owens stuff, um, and kind of keeping you aware of how the character has been growing, and just like the 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 subtle stuff that he does that you don't really think about. Yeah, so last year Kevin Owens wrestled Braun Strowman for the Money in the Bank, and this year he's got to wrestle Shane McMahon. So we went on this big rant in our last episode about Shane McMahon and his influence on WWE. And uh, then Undertaker just beat him at Extreme Rules. And uh, fast forward to Monday Night Raw, and we're in the same spot with Shane. Uh, We just act like that match didn't happen. Yep, it was just for Undertaker to get the uh, taste out of your mouth for the Super Showdown debacle. But in my opinion, I think it it hurt having Shane take the pin to Undertaker. I think that was the one scenario we discussed wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the one thing we, we were said like, wouldn't happen. Yeah. Of all of the possible outcomes of that match, we were like, well, Undertaker's definitely not pinning Shane. Uh, and then it happened. So, <laughs> there you go. Um yeah, I think uh, I'm hoping that this pushes Shane off of TV. Like, I hope losing here uh, packages up what he was doing, you know, storyline-wise. It won't. I I know, but I'm really just hoping that it does. I'm really just hoping that uh, Owen losing to Undertaker and then losing to New Age Stone Cold um, is the thing that makes Shane, like, go away for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me was thinking, like, what if they actually put Shane over Kevin Owens here? And then, like, we do a Kevin Owens has to quit WWE, but he comes back or whatever via Stone Cold or something, you know? And then it eventually will yeah. lead to a match with Kevin versus Shane in a in a final loser must retire from wrestling well, why don't we just make that this? Well, I thought that's where they were going on SmackDown this past week. But Shane was basically like, nah, I'm never going to retire. I think Owens is going to try to hurt him so bad that he has to. And I think uh, all of this build for Shane to be that heel that we talked about last time. If if Owens is beating the hell out of Shane, nobody's going to be sympathetic for Shane. So Owens could do everything up to and including like burying him alive and everybody would still be cheering. (laughs) So I definitely think that Owens is going to take it to the extreme and really destroy Shane McMahon. And then they will use that to write him off TV. Kevin Owens is going to go for a stunner. And then all of a sudden (laughs) Pete gas is going to run out. He's already going to be bleeding. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Kevin Owens is just going to lay them all out with stunners, and then Shane's going to hit a coast-to-coast and then pin Kevin Owens. Dude, I wonder if Elias is going to wear a sweater vest. Oh, my God. Elias is the new... It's, they're a boy band. It's it's Elias, Drew McIntyre, and, and who's the third from the, the MWO? <laughs> Uh, it, it, it always changes. It I does. Know. I mean, it shifts around. It could be Bobby Lashley. Why not? 
it's just going to be a matter of if there's going to be outside interference on Shane McMahon's behalf, be it Elias, be it the Mean Street Posse, whatever. Um, it could potentially happen. But it also could potentially happen in the United States Championship match between AJ Styles, the champion, and Ricochet with uh, AJ having his boys back, the OC. The boys are back in town. (laughs) I love that they've transitioned the name from the club, which was boring and dumb, to the OC, which is at least new and fresh. (laughs) I thought the only thing you were going to say about it, well, I guess it's new, so like... Dude, I hate it. Do you? I hate it so much. Why? It's the, the original, the only club that matters. Like, the you OC. Know, what the O stands for. I feel like I'm going to listen to a Ryan Cabrera song when they come out. Well, that's just because there was a show on MTV called that. And, you know. People don't remember that, but I remember. I lived it. Well, yeah, I never watched it. I never watched it either, but. So then why do you care? Because that's what it reminds me of, Robert. It's the OC. It's the original club. And that's all you need to know. Get a club sandwich. (laughs) But I do, and the shirt that they released was actually really killer. I I like it a lot. I would have purchased it had there not been a back graphic on it. Of course. And if you don't want the back graphic, you've got to pay through the nose on custom teams but they don't even have like half the designs on there i know i know in any event this match is going to be awesome i really wish it was a ladder match but dude i so wish it was a ladder match and i know we talked about that in our last episode it just makes sense it just makes sense that it would be a ladder but these two these two had an awesome 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 match last month at extreme rules and I can't, I can't wait to see the rematch here. Me too. At SummerSlam. Me too. I'm excited for it. Um, I love how the story has gone. Um, I did think it was a little weird that they had that, uh, what was it, a gauntlet that Ricochet Yeah, won? they had a gauntlet match. But that gauntlet match was so good. That gave us a lot of really good stuff. I just, if you were going to have Ricochet just... Uh, challenge for it again why bother doing the gauntlet but I mean it was really good so I I don't know exactly what I'm complaining about when I say that I just it was weird to it it just felt yeah it they've been they've been over doing the gauntlet matches or the two out of three falls matches so like it just feels like redundant yeah it just felt like if we were going to end up at the same thing, why did we have to go on that all all over the place to get there? But I liked doing that. So at the same yeah. time, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, Ricochet. It gave won. us good content and good moments and good matches. It just sucked because like the the closer we got to Ricochet entering, we kind of knew like, oh, well Ricochet's going to win. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, there was a point where it was like Mysterio had taken out two of them in a row and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just going to be Ricochet. I get it now." Yeah. I was really hoping that we could have gotten Ricochet versus Mysterio on TV in that gauntlet match because that is a fantastic matchup that I really hope that we get to someday. Yeah, I thought they were going for that, honestly. Because then that would have been way more exciting. Absolutely. To have Ricochet versus Rey Mysterio in the final of that. And Rey had taken out everybody else to get yeah. to get to that point. And then he's got to take on the guy that's taking his mantle, essentially. That would have been awesome. But, of course, they didn't do that. So no. we have to hope that we get Rey versus Ricochet in some capacity in WWE before Ray hangs up his boots. I'm thinking I'm leaning towards AJ Styles retaining this because they just put the titles, the tag titles on Gallows and Anderson. So why would they do that if they weren't going to capitalize on the AJ Styles as the US champ? Uh, we have all the gold kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I understand. That makes sense. I feel like they they didn't play that up enough over the last like week that that's been a thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes sense. I just um, I just have a feeling that it's going to be Ricochet, but the, the logic stands to reason that it would be AJ retaining. Another match that I think the champion's going to retain in is the SmackDown Live Women's Championship match between Bailey and Ember Moon. Yeah, I mean, this one's also had a build. Whether the build has been good or not is, I guess, subjective, but... um, I think it's been decent. Um, They've just been slowly building the tension because technically they're both faces. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like that WWE is taking a chance and, and shifting things from the norm and going face versus face for this. Yeah, I just, it's, we talked about it in the last episode. Um, the way Bailey has been acting and conducting herself doesn't scream face necessarily. No. She's still saying and doing things that are like really rude and mean. <laughs> and it's like, why would somebody who's a good, a quote unquote good guy say that? True. I mean, hey, Sasha could show up and cost one of them the match. She could. And then that could start a return program for that title. I would love that. Sasha's never won the SmackDown title before, so it's something new at least. But I don't know. I, I love Ember Moon. She's one of my favorite female competitors um, I'm really glad she got the opportunity. I like that she's getting a title shot. I like that she's getting a title shot on a pay-per-view. Yeah. I like that they're giving her the chance to showcase herself. Because it really feels like she hasn't made an impact. No. Since coming to the main roster. Nope, she hasn't. And, I mean, obviously she's been marred with, like, injuries and then stop-and-go booking and all that stuff, but... Uh, I really hope that this is like the start of her being able to show herself off more. Yeah. I just, I don't think that she's going to win this match specifically. Same. I don't think it's the right time. I do want her to hit her in Eclipse, but just have yeah. Bailey sell it to the outside or something. Yeah. You know what would be great? If they made this match like a 20 minute time limit or something. And then they just go to the time limit? Yeah. Dude, we haven't had a time limit draw in a long time. I know, but like, so imagine if it's like, we're at like 18 minutes and it's a 20 minute time limit and she sets up for the Eclipse and then hits it and then Bailey rolls out of the ring and she has to uh, sell up from the landing of it and then get outside and try to roll Bailey in, but she can't and the time limit just runs out. That way both faces still look strong and... Nobody loses their momentum. Or or they pull an edge in Batista where Ember does that. She knocks Bailey out of the ring with the eclipse. She goes out to the outside. Uh, or she hits her with an eclipse on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then she's she's fighting the 10 count and she rolls Bailey in the ring right as the referee counts 10 and Bailey wins via count out <laughs> because she's outside. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. There's there's so many interesting ways to get around having one of them having to pin the other one um mm-hmm. which just means that Bailey's going to pin her clean. So <laughs> And then the internet will complain that Ember Moon's being buried and all this other nonsense. But hey, at least it's not Alexa Bliss, right? That Barbie. That five foot tall Barbie. Dude, I can't even tell you how frustrated I was when I was on Twitter the night after Monday Night Raw. And I was just seeing everyone burying Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross for winning the titles. Can't even begin to tell you how frustrated I was. You You mean people were mad that they put the titles on two television characters that have had the most television time in the last month out of the four teams that were involved. Yeah. Weird. And then people were saying like, well, well the Kabuki warriors aren't being used. Right. And I'm like, they're not being used. Yeah. There's no amount of being used. Right. When you're not being used. 
<laughs> at all. Like, I mean, even why would even they Mandy just randomly and, win? And Sonya have more TV time and more of a story right now than yeah. the Kabuki Warriors. But like, why would they just randomly put the titles on them? Right, because then the titles don't mean anything. At least with Alexa yeah. and Nikki, there's an ongoing story with the two of them, and we. I mean, we don't know specifically what's going to happen, but in a general sense, eventually, um, Nikki's going to realize who Alexa is. They're going to turn on each other, and they're going to have a blow-off match between the two of them. And that's going to be awesome because of all this time we've spent building them up. So giving them the tag titles is essentially like giving Miz and Shane the tag titles before WrestleMania. Exactly. But... In the meantime, you're also getting the titles on Raw, on SmackDown, because Alexa and Nikki are on both. Yep. They're featured on both. They have the talk show segment. So, like, we're going to actually see the titles instead of, like, getting left off. Mm -hmm. And so all of these people have such an issue with Alexa Bliss... Alexa Bliss is one of the best workers in WWE. Yeah, she's... Fight me. T- she's top three on the microphone for the women, easily. Yeah, yeah. And in the ring, she's good. She's good. I don't understand why people... And this goes back to our Barbie thing, which uh-huh. we had a little segment that I cut out of one of the episodes before Evolution last year, where we ranted about people complaining about her and Carmella and Charlotte... But, like, nobody's bad. Like, there's not a bad wrestler on on this roster. No, she... Alexa's really good. I mean, she's she's just not going to turn in the match quality of a Charlotte, which is why they had to, to go outside of the active roster and find somebody that could that could work Charlotte in a believable way. And that's why they went and got Trish Stratus, uh, which is another match that we've got on this card, which is unbelievable to me that we're getting this match. Yeah, I'm so hyped uh, to get Trish back in a singles match. She was supposed to face Alexa Bliss at Evolution, but I think this match is going to blow any expectations that that one did have out of the water definitely charlotte is continuously the best female performer in wwe if not one of the best performers period yeah if you take the gender label off of it she's easily top five in the company and you could make an argument that she's top three yeah without the gender label with the gender label she's number one and there's like a vacuum at number two before you get to the next person. Yeah. She's that damn good. And everybody who says that she's not isn't paying attention. I can't wait. In in like 20 years from now. When people look back at Charlotte's career. And they see the sheer amount of work and performance that she puts into everything. It's, it's unrivaled. There's no one that can stand toe to toe with her. And, and be considered, like, one of the greatest of all time. So why not go back and get one of the greatest of all time? Go back and get the greatest women's wrestler of all time before Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. That's why they got Trish to do this, which is awesome. Yeah, and, that- and it's going to be such an awesome passing of the torch for Trish to be able to allow Charlotte to tap her out this yep. Sunday. <laughs> and I think... Any other outcome would be a mistake. Definitely. For this match. Definitely. Like, it's interesting because we have two matches on this card that are attraction matches with a name that used to ring bells in the past. Um, and, in, and, and in both cases, the presumed winner is the best possible outcome for the match. Yeah. Because, like, if Ziggler beat Goldberg, it wouldn't make any sense. And if Trish beat Charlotte, it wouldn't make any sense. I think Trish wanted to do something with Sasha. Yes. But since Sasha's not around, I think Charlotte 
is the clear candidate for this match. I love the moniker Queen of All Eras. Yes. I think it's great. Yes. It's a great nickname um, because it plays itself to how WWE is always doing the then, now, forever. And she's saying, I'm head and shoulders above the rest of them. And now she's got somebody in her face that that she can say, if you don't think I am, prove it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, and you kind of alluded to this, I think it was the last episode, you're going to, Trish is probably going to get exposed here a little bit. Probably. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte's going to make okay. her, Charlotte's going to make her look good, but yeah, you know, uh, ring rust is a thing. And Trish only stood on the apron on Monday. She didn't actually do any wrestling. <laughs> so, Which I'm so glad because I was thinking they were going to give her away yeah. for free yeah. like the week before her her big match. Yeah. No, so it, was, I'm it, glad was, it was smart. It was smart. Held her back. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't see any way that Charlotte doesn't win this match. From SmackDown's promo on Tuesday, it seems like Trish... This is going to be her last match. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I, th- I think we'll see Trish Stratus retire in Canada on Sunday. Put Putting the new talent over the way you're supposed to do it. After a war with Charlotte Flair. Yeah. What if this led off the show? That'd be great. That'd be a great opening match. That'd pop the crowd huge to open the show. I think uh, I think that would be a good decision to have this open. It sets it sets the rest of the night off with a bang, similar to how at WrestleMania we got Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar kicking the show off. And then let's let's talk about that match, uh, the rematch. Yeah. Um, oh my God! What is there to say? Um, <laughs> so the reason that. At the, at the top of our program here, I said that I'm leaning towards Seth, is that Lesnar's beat him down two straight weeks, and the good guy needs to give the bad guy the comeuppance, right? Like, it all, ever, all signs point to Seth somehow winning this. I just don't know how. Yeah, um, and that's partial to because of how they've booked Lesnar and how strong they've made him look. Um my issue with this specifically is how weak they're making Seth Rollins. I mean, an argument can be made that they completely emasculated him before he lost the title. They well, completely he's, emasculated him. He's Becky's him. boyfriend. Yeah. They just completely. And. I, just I, as a character. I don't necessarily disagree with that yeah i just as a character it's just like why would he have another title shot with what you've done to him you know what i mean but there's also nobody out there at the level of it nobody you put roman on smackdown and and i'm not advocating for more roman reigns versus brock lesnar don't get me wrong but there's nobody else at that level because they're petrified to make another star that could tell them, no, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> they're petrified of it. Like, I would love to see, like, Daniel Bryan, because maybe he's the only other person at that level. But right now it's Seth. Uh-huh. But the reason that, that you're you're not enjoying his character isn't because of his work. For God's sake, he makes Lesnar look like a world beater. Absolutely. Dude, I loved that beatdown that happened on Raw two weeks ago. I, I loved liked, it. I liked the one this past week, honestly. I like that Seth I did. I liked that Seth came out against all common sense and was like, I'm gonna do this. And then Lesnar made him pay for it over and over and over again. And over again. And over again. And then Seth took the microphone and essentially pulled a, uh, a Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker. Dude, I thought the like, same thing. That I gotta, I've got to do this. This is all I've got. That's what he said. Yeah. And I 
that's it's a character building thing. This is all about building Seth up to be bigger than what he is right now. So I think that him overcoming Lesnar in this instance is gonna it it they're hoping it catapults him. Yeah. But also people are sick about people are sick of Seth Rollins on Twitter because Which is the dumbest thing. Because he's, you know, defending the company that pays him and defending the people that he works with and depend and defending his work ethic. I don't know. What an asshole. I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's only he's only he was only the the standard bearer for like a, over a year, you know? Yeah. Why would he, you know, why would he defend the company whatever? That's stupid. Well, cuz everyone knows you're supposed to subtweet while you're on Twitter. So you got to subtweet who you work for, uh any past relationships. Right, right, right. You know. So, like, you know, that when he just stuff. he 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 answers Will Ospreay and suddenly everybody hates Seth Rollins. So, whatever. My issue with this past week's beatdown was Seth came out, he was limping, he was like not about it, and then takes another beating. And somehow he's supposed to come out not limping on Sunday. You well, know? That's the thing, I think he's going to. But like, I'm so sick of that Seth Rollins trope where he's like... Well, Seth Rollins is coming out with his bandaged ribs and everything, like, and his bandaged leg. Like, he's already fighting at 80%. Like, can't we just get, like, a fresh Seth Rollins versus a fresh Brock Lesnar? That's no, what I want to see. No, because they don't, they don't, they don't think that there's a way that he would beat him unless he had to overcome a massive obstacle. They just don't believe it. I mean, for me, I feel like that's clear in how they've been doing this. They just don't believe it. Seth has to be fighting from underneath something other than just Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with that idea. I would love to see just a straight-up match with the two of them where they're both fresh. But it's a way for them... For some reason, they think that Lesnar needs more heel heat. Yeah. To beat Seth down, and like he, he doesn't have to. Doesn't. He doesn't even have to. Like he literally for a year didn't show up with that title, and he had more heat than anybody. So, like for him to have to show up and beat Seth down is also unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not complaining because we actually get to see that title on Raw mostly every week now, which is amazing. Could you imagine? Would you have thought of that two years ago? No. So you know whatever. I just wish that. We could get the title off of Lesnar, and then we can move him into a program where he doesn't have to fight for a goddamn title because he doesn't need one. He does not need one. He's an attraction. People are tuning in to see Brock Lesnar anyway. You don't need to put a fucking belt on him. So who would you book Lesnar with? Say he loses to Seth. Who do you put Lesnar in a program with? Non-title. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe with the way Owens is going? Maybe? They'd have to really work on Owens. Building him up more, in my opinion, if that's the case. They'd have to really focus on Owens. If they build him up to be like the I don't give a shit Kevin Owens in the in the same vein as Stone Cold Steve Austin, didn't matter who he was stunnering, he was stunnering everybody. You know? Yeah. If they go that route, I could see him walking right up to Lesnar, you know, and just getting right in his face and not caring that Lesnar's like a foot taller than him or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just being like, I'm going to kick your ass because I say I am. I'd I'd put Lesnar in a program with The Fiend. Oof. I'm just saying, I think Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt would be an interesting feud that we've never really seen before. No, that's it's fresh, that's for sure. I just don't know what the hell they'd do with it. But it keeps both of them away from a title. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could always put Lesnar against Kofi. That's where I thought they were going to go with it with the briefcase. Yeah. But they just went right back to Seth. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if it was against Kofi, it would make a lot more sense. It would only it's- make sense to me if... Kofi beats Lesnar. Right, exactly. But, like, how... That's a great story. Mm-hmm. He finally got to the top, and then he beat the guy at the top, you know? 
Mm-hmm. That's a great story to tell. But they could still sh- build towards that. Yeah, they're shit scared of that story. So SmackDown's coming to Fox. It is. So Lesnar could potentially show up on Fox. I think there's no doubt in my mind he's going to Fox. They 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 want uh, attractions. <laughs> yeah. So like Lesnar could lose the title here and not show up until. Yeah. That SmackDown Live premiere on Fox. Yep, and just attack whoever the champion is. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Not saying Lesnar has to win the title, but like put him in a program against the champion and have the champion come out on top or outsmart him. Yep. You had mentioned Kofi, so let's talk about the last match of the night. Uh, We've got Kofi Kingston defending against Randy Orton. Now, in our last episode, we had talked about potential challengers and stuff like that and you had said Samoa Joe which turned out to be correct and I had said Randy Orton so here we are we're both picking up a win Kofi is burning through opponents I love it I love it I love what they're doing with him I love how they've built him uh he's a legitimate champion that's it like I don't understand how anyone could look at Kofi and think he's not a legitimate contender or not a legitimate threat he's beaten everyone clean that he's come face to face with you yeah. know it's a it's really a remarkable run honestly i'm surprised i mean i know they're calling it kofi mania um but i'm surprised it's not getting compared to uh and being called S- summer of kofi i was thinking the same thing uh his title run does parallel with punks a little bit you get you get a guy that stands up and says, I want your title, and Kofi just knocks him down. One like one after another. Um it's actually been kind of remarkable. <laughs> uh and then, you know, they went right to the well with the Randy Orton thing because there's a built in story there with their botched feud from ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh it's really the only crutch that they've been using the last couple of weeks because Randy Orton really hasn't been around. Nope. He's too busy getting RKO'd by his wife into the pool. <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? No. Uh-huh. And then she, <laughs> what did she say? Oh, he, he had tweeted earlier. I think it was today uh, that they were watching a movie and Seth Rogen like falls out of a window and he said his wife turned to him and said, that's a hell of a bump. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I love this woman. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. I think um, Kofi's going to go over clean here. I think he's going to eat an RKO, but he's going to kick out. And uh, Kofi Mania is going to be running wild all over Randy Orton, brother. Wow, you think he's going to kick out of an RKO? I think so. Has When's the last time somebody kicked out of an RKO? I don't know. Cena, maybe? I was also thinking, like, how soon is it going to be before people start complaining about Kofi's title run? And complaining, oh, Kofi's just being shoved down our throats and Kofi's not challenging anyone. I think it's I think it's slowly started to turn already because I've seen, I haven't seen it a lot. It's not at the top of everybody's uh, complaint list at the moment. Um, but maybe by Hell in a Cell. <laughs> yeah, right. Although, you know what a- would be super interesting for Kofi to do after SummerSlam, after he beats Randy Orton, hmm. put him in a match with Ali. Yeah. Because Ali was technically the one supposed to be in the chamber. Randy Orton already shouted it out Yep. when Kofi took his place and this whole thing started. Make that a match. Make it so Ali wins the number one contender spot. And then, but but then, like all the promos would be Ali like sour grapes about you took my spot. He doesn't have to be. He could say, "Hey, I know you. I know uh, you deserved that opportunity, but so did I." That's it. That's all he's okay. got to say. Yeah, I mean that you could you could you could this, wipe me, baby. This could him. be me. This could be me right now. I'm happy and, it's you. Yeah, but it should be me. It should be me. Could have and been Kofi, Kofi could also mutual respect kind of situation doing a face versus face be like, okay, okay. I understand that. Yeah. 
because you are saying this, now I need to prove it to myself. Right. That I, you know, I could beat you. I'm for it. I would love to see Kofi versus Ali in a title uh, program. I think that'd be awesome. I'd even have them, uh, you know, tag with one another on SmackDown a few times first. Yeah. Just to, you know, build the tension up a little bit. Definitely. There's things that could be done. Um, so, yeah, any final thoughts on SummerSlam? I think the card is good. Um, I'm still, it's still crazy to me that there's not one tag team match on this. Um, it's all singles matches and I'm disappointed that there's not more gimmicks like a ladder match or something to that effect. Same. Um, but overall I think it's a really good card and I think we're in for a good show Sunday night. Me too. WWE has been continuously putting on good pay-per-view after pay-per-view the last couple of months. And I think this is going to be no different. It's true. So yeah, super excited for SummerSlam. This Monday, we are about to reveal our opponents for our next Fantasy Booking Championship match. So be sure to listen in to the Unscripted Podcast via their own feed or Brainbuster Radio. And uh, let us know what you think. So go ahead you could find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Royally Rumbled. Go ahead and give us a follow. And individually, I, Robert, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. And I, Jordan, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. And don't forget, we have that other podcast, Pop Cannon. You could follow them as well. It's Pop Cannon with a K. So for Royally Rumbled, this has been episode 29. I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. And please always remember, no No guess guess is as good as ours. ours.